This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Okay. You start a relationship with someone who says, I don't want to be in a relationship, right? And you're like, I don't want to be in a relationship. Neither of you want to be in a relationship. Then you start having this relationship. That's not a relationship. But then what happens when and feelings get caught? (laughs) Well, what's happened to me? This is The Mind Shift. I'm Shira Lazar. And I'm Jordana Ream. Together, we're the co-founders of Peace Inside Live. Every episode, we're exploring ancient and modern day teachings and stories to shift our daily challenges into growth. And we're diving in with mentors who share mind-shifting perspectives for a happy and inspired life. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to the conversation. On today's episode, we're talking about love when you're a person who's focused on personal and spiritual growth. And we have Francesca Hoagie joining us, who is a relationship and love expert. She's also even been on Survivor. Anyway, that's another story. Um, she's going to be with us to dive into this topic. But first, I'm Cheryl Lazar, and I'm joined by my friend and co-founder of Peace Inside Live, Jordana Reem. Hey, Shira. I'm stoked to talk to dear Franny. It's been a while since I've connected with her and I've just loved the journey of how many people she's supported through her coaching. Definitely. So why this topic for you, for us today? (laughs) Getting personal. Um, You know, I am recently out of a relationship and um, have been dating and talking to friends who are also, you know, in the conscious community about dating. And, you know, they say it's supposed to get easier as we work on ourselves. And I tend to agree with that, mostly because the dating pool becomes limited. Um, But also because the dating pool becomes limited, perhaps it's harder. And I'm wondering what Francesca has to say about, you know, this like paradox, you know, seemingly contradictory statement about dating, that it should be maybe easier if we're conscious, but maybe it's not. I also feel like people kind of use spirituality and being conscious almost as a way to stop themselves from connecting with people. It becomes like a judgment factor. So that could play into things. And I I think overall, love is a very complicated and complex thing, no matter where you are on your journey. It is always interesting. Like we all know people who are seemingly not conscious yet seem to be in very happy, joyful relationships. You don't know what you don't know. That is true. (laughs) And then on the other side of things, you could have people that are constantly working on themselves and like you love 
connecting with and talking to. And yet you look at their relationship and you're like, this seems pretty toxic. So yeah, it, it is hard, hard to know. I think in the end, what I hope is that we can all figure out ways to love ourselves and in turn find love that we deserve. Like that's Absolutely. what, that's what we all get to have. We all deserve that. We are worthy of that. Yeah. You know, it can become tricky at different points in the journey because I think, yeah. um, there is a stage in the personal growth journey where you're so into the personal growth that we've, and we've talked about this before, Shira, you become a personal growth pusher and you think that, you know, because I have done this work, that this other person should be doing this work. And unfortunately, that creates a space of judgment. Mm, and yeah. so what we want to be doing when we're dating is to create, just like in meditation, a space of non-judgmental kindness. How can I be open to what this person brings to the table? I've met them at this point in time because they are mirroring something for me on my journey. So no matter how long or short this relationship is, what can I learn? What am I here to learn? And how can I, how do I want to be in relation with this person and in relation with myself? Yeah, it's interesting because, because personally I'm, I'm with someone, I'm in a very happy, I would say healthy relationship. And yet he's not necessarily meditating all the time or in the same types of communities that I'm in. And sometimes I can start overthinking that like, what would it be like to have someone that is like exactly like that? However, do I really want to date myself? You know, in a way he juxtaposes and calls forth a different side and challenges these things to make me see it in a different way. And when I bring it up to him, like, why don't you do yoga with me or meditate with me? He says to me, he's like, I meditate. I just meditate in a different way than you. <laughs> you know, Knowing him, he's super zen. And I think that you create great balance and probably share yeah. a lot of the same values. It's just the way in which you get to those values. The personal practice is different. Yeah. And, and he always says that, you know, when we started dating, like he heard the, uh, my communication and he said, like, that's the type of person I want to be with because it was the same communication that he had discussed with his therapist. <laughs> right? All the same types of wordings. It was like, oh, I want to, these are, it was like a flag, like his radar went up, like, whoo, this seems like healthy and interesting to me. Like I, I've talked about this in safe spaces before. And um, what we also talk about is like this idea of like, it's not going to be perfect, but do you have the tools to show up for this person that you're with, even when maybe, yeah, that love isn't there, that romance isn't there, that you could actually like have the tools to work on things in a healthy way. So uh, with that said, a lot to get into, um, no matter where you are on your journey. So let's bring in Francesca Hoagie right now into the mind shift, who is a coach, podcast host, speaker, matchmaker. Her passion is basically helping people get into healthy, lasting relationships through the power of self-love and empowered dating strategies. Welcome on the show. So we are so excited to have Francesca joining us right now. We love to call her Franny. Are we allowed to do that? Like, we absolutely that <laughs> are. People always ask me that. I think if I, since I named my podcast Dear Franny and it's like all my social media, I can't stop people from calling me Franny. <laughs> well, it makes me feel like you're like the best friend, older sister in a way. But I, I need to ask whenever someone is a love or relationship expert, like, 
I wonder how did you get into this? Yeah, it's a pretty insane thing to do. Um, <laughs> I am somebody who always loved love and romance and always dreamed of love and having love. Um, and yet I was very romantically blocked for many years, like well into my adulthood. And so I had to kind of recognize like, I don't have the ability to actually make the kind of love that I want happen. Actually, at that time, I didn't have the ability to make anything happen, <laughs> right? And so I embarked on this journey of, I need to figure out how to date. I need to figure out how to flirt. I need to figure out how to get a second date. Cause once I figured out how to get a first date, then I wouldn't get a second date. So it was like, everything was just this process that I kept pushing myself through because I was just so motivated. Um, and so career wise, I used to be a lawyer. So I was a corporate lawyer, right? I have a dating advice blog. I'm going through this dating journey. I'm pushing myself, you know, in all these ways. And it's just something that I assumed like everybody's this interested in dating and relationships, right? <laughs> but it turns out everyone is not. Um, and so I had been in a place career wise where I knew that I wanted to make a transition for a long time. And I was really stuck because I'm like, well, what do I do? And what do I do? And um, I knew I didn't, there were certain parameters I had, you know, like I wanted to work with people. I wanted to help people with something that was really meaningful to them. You know, I didn't want to have a nine to five corporate, you know, office life anymore. And I wound up finding out about matchmaking and discovering that it was like a real profession, <laughs> like that real, like actual, just normal people have as their job. And I was like, there are people whose job it is to help other people find love. Like that's the most amazing thing ever. And so I just, I just dove into the industry and learning as much as I could about it and just said, Hey, everybody, I decided to become a matchmaker and everyone thought I was crazy, but that's what I did. Um, and then the matchmaking just naturally transitioned into coaching because most people don't need a matchmaker. They actually need a coach. Um, they need to learn how to be their own matchmaker. <laughs> and so, um, as a matchmaker, I was getting a lot of clients who they really, they had a lot of trouble dating. And so they're like, oh, now that I'm hiring you, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to figure out how to communicate. I don't have to figure out, you know, how to flirt. I don't have to figure out what my needs are, how I'm showing up. I get to just outsource this whole process to you. And that's the clients that had that attitude were not successful, right? And so I realized I just can't work with people who have that attitude. I have to work with people who have the attitude of recognizing that love is actually an inside job and you can meet a thousand people, but if you have foundational love beliefs and habits that block connection and intimacy, it doesn't matter. You're not gonna be successful, right? And so the coaching is really where it's at. And so that's why I, you know, I transitioned really heavily into coaching. So that's how I got here. Nice. And what was your personal love journey like? You know, so you were a corporate lawyer. Um you were not with the person who you're with now at that point in time. Yeah. And so how did your own personal journey um, coincide or impact um, your journey from becoming a matchmaker and now to being a coach? Yeah. I mean, it was, they're so related. I mean, I, <laughs> I honestly, I, um, towards the end of my legal career life, I had, um, 
two relationships. They weren't super close together, but they were within a couple of years with of each other. And they were long-term relationships. And they were both relationships with people who I thought like, oh, like this is it. I found my person. And both of those relationships ended very abruptly. So after the second time, I was like, aha, this is a pattern. <laughs> this is a pattern. <laughs> um, and it just so happens that the second relationship ended while I was a mat. I, so when I started my matchmaking business, I was in a relationship, ended shortly thereafter. And now it's like, oh, now I'm a matchmaker and I'm single. <laughs> There are a lot of those out there, let me tell you. There and I'm always are like, so many. <laughs> and it's, I, listen, it's, you, I, I feel that you could be, you know, they say uh, if you're a psychologist, a lot of times your life is a bit of a shit show, excuse my language, you know, just because you're an expert on something doesn't mean as it applies to you. But I would say the best person to get advice from probably is someone who's living and breathing that. But yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I was like, Ooh, I, I got to figure this out. And actually working with clients was amazing because you, it's easy for you to see other people's blocks and other people's, you know, self-sabotage or whatever. I don't really like that term, but you know what I mean? Like other people's limiting beliefs and all of that. And I, so I would see these things in my clients and I'd be like, wait, how, how do I do that? Because I know I'm like, if they do it, I do it. Like we're all, we all do some version of the same thing, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so for me, it was actually really helpful because it helped me to really, I think, make a quantum leap in realizing what my real love blocks were um, by working with clients. So, you know, I actually, yeah, I mean, Shira, it's interesting because there are so many single matchmakers and love coaches and it's you know some of them i've known them for like you know eight nine years and they've been single for eight nine years and at that point i'm like i think you should hire me <laughs> hey just all, all coaches need coaches all That's coaches how you stay need on coaches <laughs> so you know i i find that really interesting how how do you think the approach has changed over the years with I think people having more awareness of all of this, there's more books out. People are talking yeah. more publicly about their love journeys and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, the good thing is that I we we're moving away from a very um, more superficial, like checking the list, right? Checking boxes on the list. Like people have kind of realized like, oh wait, it's, there's more to this than that. I can't just date a list. <laughs> so I do think that a lot of the conversations that are happening are good because it makes people realize like, oh, I could have somebody that has all of these traits that I'm looking for. But if the relationship that we're building together is not fulfilling, then what good does, what difference does that make? So I think it's forcing people to really reexamine some of the some of the assumptions they made about who they would be compatible with and the whole the whole idea of like oh if i meet somebody who's x y and z then i'll be happy then you know i'll have found the perfect person and we'll live happily ever after and people are realizing now oh there's actually more relationship skill like love skill that's involved in making relationships first of all happen in the first place <laughs> but certainly you know thrive over time yeah, you know, that gets me to a question about the lies we tell ourselves, you know, when we go into dating. And I'm curious from your experience, what's the biggest lie that we tell ourselves when we go, we begin our dating journey? 
that I'll know when I know. <laughs> okay, let's. I want to. I want to unpack that one. I'll know when I know. Oh. <laughs> so the thing is, it's that some sometimes you do know when you know, but you have to know yourself well enough to know that maybe your chemistry radar is off, right? So you really have to have the self-awareness of looking if you're like, the last 10 times I thought I knew, <laughs> it ended badly and not only badly, but in the same way, because we tend to have very repetitive patterns, then it's like, you just don't know. So you have to accept that there is some, there's some, I mean, this is honestly the thing that really this is uh, this is something I'm so grateful for about myself when I used to really struggle with dating. Thankfully, there was just something in me that was like, I just don't know what I'm doing, right? Like, this is not working. And so rather than assume that like, it's never gonna work, I got to a place where I was like, this works for some people. So if it can work for some people, some people, lots of people seem to be finding love. So what am I missing here, you know? And so a lot of times when people say to me, oh, I know when I know, and then I'll say, well, when's the last time you knew? <laughs> and it's like, well, well, there was this and that. Well, you know, they were great and they were amazing and they were all these things. I said, well, yeah, but also you're saying you want a committed partnership and you're telling me the last five people you thought it was going to be that with, it wasn't. So there's something that you're not seeing about your pattern. Um, and so I think that's just, that's, that's just a way saying, you know, giving this answer is just a way of saying that there's often, um, when we have blind spots, we tend to sometimes lie to ourselves and say like, oh, I know that's a blind spot for me. And it's like, well, you, it's sort of like when you're driving, if you think of yourself driving down a highway and you have a blind spot in the car and you can't see the right lane, you know, you can't see the right lane, but you don't know what's in the right lane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you don't know if there's like a tractor trailer. You don't know if there's a motorcycle. You don't know if there's a pedestrian. Like, you're like, oh, I know my blind spot. I got a blind spot. It's like, yeah, but you, that's exactly. You don't, you have a blind spot. Like, you literally can't see what it is, right? <laughs> is there any benefit to deciding that, you know, you're just, you're, this is your person? And, and I asked that from like a place of my last relationship, which was my best relationship to date. I just decided early on that this was my person and it ended up not being true, but there was something to that. And in, in like committing myself to this possibility that this was my person. So I'm curious what your thoughts or advice around that might be. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for um, not falling into the trap of like always waiting like always waiting for the other shoe to drop, always waiting, like, you know, for, um, we have so much fantasy around love and relationships and how it works. And so a lot of people, they're like, if everything isn't totally perfect, and if I'm not, you know, if I'm not on cloud nine, then, you know, this isn't it, right? And so I think that there is a balance of saying like, wait a second, I like this person, like you like me, I like you, we're looking for the same things, like, let's just go for it. Right. Like, let's just actually try. Like, let's just actually <laughs> be here and try and see what we can build together. And I think that that's a really great approach for some people. I mean, like you, you know, um, Jordana, it's different for you because you have more self-awareness. You have more um, tools to like, you know, 
love yourself and know your worth. And, you know, and so for you, that's a more effective approach than for some people who might be more blocked and they're just like, nope, this is my person. And they're just trying to shoehorn something in because they're like, I don't want to be single anymore. This person's here. I just want to like, let's just make it like, forget about it. Cause usually when people are really forcing that they're ignoring a lot of things that they just want to ignore because <laughs> they just right. want to be with somebody and they just want it to be done. So, you know, it's not a one size fits all answer. I mean, that's the thing about dating. It's never one size fits all, yep. you know? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. Then you're in this, like, you're in this space of, okay, so let's say that I I haven't necessarily done all of the work um, and I'm not going to claim that this is my person because I'm creating space for, does that, doesn't that lead us to, I'll know when I know? That's not the middle. <laughs> like, when you're not, yeah, like, then, then you're a bit, yeah, like saying like, yeah. you're always open. There's always a back door. I mean, in yeah. the end, in relationships, vulnerable we could be. We are taking a risk because nothing is promised. You can and could put yourself out there, be madly in love, get married, do all the things, and it still might not work. And yet yeah. you need to enter the space knowing that. Yeah. Right. Which is just life, right? Yeah, so it's totally life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. I love that because I do think with all of this, we create all these rules and then it actually pushes us in these weird places. Uh and then we're like, well, I followed this and why isn't it working? And yeah. why isn't it working for yeah. me? Everyone else does it first to them. And yeah. then that is, it is about getting in tune with who you are, what you want, what hasn't worked, why it hasn't. I mean, it's like this holistic view of your entire life, your past, your present, where you want to be. It It is like stars aligning in that way. Uh, and I think that when you're more connected to what feels safe and secure for you and you know why, like why things trigger you and what doesn't work, you can more, um, uh, more safely approach a relationship or like with it being less toxic and in a more healthy way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that for me, uh, when I met my partner, I, my therapist actually encouraged me to date him. He wasn't that person that I met. And I was like, I just want to uh, fuck him. He wasn't like that. <laughs> in fact, he's right? so adorable. I love him. He is so adorable. I love him. No, he would hate that I'm saying this publicly. No, I've <laughs> talked to him about this. And we both actually were very aware of that infatuation attraction. Yeah. And where that comes from, typically from a place of, uh, you know, trauma bonding. 
if mm-hmm. you believe that or attachment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can. The book attached. It's really it can. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. Uh, not always. Not yeah. always. <laughs> no, yeah. no, there are no rules. But we got to know each other. And through getting to know each other, and there was this attraction. It wasn't like we looked at each other and were like, you're disgusting. You know what I mean? But we got to know each other a bit to figure out, okay, where is this coming from? What do we actually want? What's our intention here? Right? It was a yeah. bit more intentional going yeah. into it. Of course, we're at the age where that's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. That said, I feel like that for me was the, this has been the, the healthiest relationship that I've had. And, uh, but there's still the knowledge that, and we talk about this all the time, like we, we can't control each other and there could be a day, God forbid, where someone <laughs> says this isn't working for me anymore. We can barely control ourselves. Forget about trying to control other people. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I mean, here's the but thing with, about, yeah. 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 Well, I guess I, I, I agree with everything that you're saying and I understand and I relate. It's, it's to me, okay, two things I want to say. One on this, on just generally how we view relationships culturally. Culturally, we have this thing that I call the fairy tale industrial complex, right? And that has been conditioning you your entire life to think that love is a fantasy, that there is one magical person that, that is out there for you. And then when you meet each other, everything is going to magically work out and you're going to live happily ever after. And if that hasn't happened, it's because you're not, you know, you don't, you're not good looking enough. You need to lose weight. You need to buy this. You need to have that. You need to, there's all, you know, this is the, the, the industrial complex part is how much this is exploited to sell you things. Okay. Right. This deep desire that we all have for love. So we have to understand that when you're coming into dating, you're coming into relationships, you need to be under, you need to be aware of what has to do with the person who's in front of you and what has to do with this fantasy that you are bringing and projecting onto this person, right? It's like so, the matrix. We're dealing with the <laughs> matrix here. Like yeah. there's so many things happening at once. Yeah. We're just trying to you know, figure so, it out. So this is why I'm a fan of coaching for most people over matchmaking, because for most people, the, the, what they actually need to understand is the power that they have over over um, to change the things that they believe about love so that they can actually make love an inevitable thing that happens in their lives. Like, because if you have this fantasy idea of like, there's this one perfect person, now you're playing the lottery. Now this is a crapshoot. Now you gotta get lucky. Now you've just gotta hope that the one person that you are instantly attracted to is also, because think of all the other people you've been instantly attracted to. So you gotta hope that the one person that you're interested in, you know, instantly attracted to is also, they have the character that you're seeking. They have the love goals that you're seeking. They have the personality and the temperament and the, and all of the things, right? Like, so that makes, that puts a lot of pressure. So if you're going into relationships like, oh my God, I hope this is the person, because if they're not like, uh, you know, uh, I, I may be alone forever, then you're much more likely to just say, okay, let's just make it work and you're the person, right? Whereas yeah. if you're like, listen, love is abundant, right? There are actually many people in this world who I could be in a, I could happily be in a relationship with. So rather than focusing so much on the other person, let me think about what is the relationship I want to have? Because all of the rela- every relationship is a co-creation. It has its own dynamics. So the self-awareness of understanding, like I'll give a common dynamic a lot of people experience and you know, certainly a lot of clients, which is in their past relationships, they've been, they've been, they overgive. They give and they give and they give and they give. 
And so if you're an overgiver, you're going to only be compatible with takers. Just FYI, right? So <laughs> they they establish these dynamics in their relationships where they give and they give, and the other person takes and takes and takes because that's what that's what the dynamic is. And then they reach a breaking point of like, I can't take it anymore, and da da da, you know, and what have you. So if you know that you have a pattern where you have, it's not your fault. It's not, it's not to judge. It's not to shame. It's not to blame. It's just to with self-compassionate curiosity to have the self-awareness to say, okay, I have a pattern. The dynamic that I am, I'm not choosing it consciously, but the dynamic that I romantically, that I find myself in the most often is blank. What is it? It's different for different people. For some people it's, I'm super into them. They're not into me. For some people it's, they're super into me. I'm not so into them. <laughs> for some people it's, it's competitive. It's tit for tat, you know, for some people it's about envy and control. I mean, you know, it's like, there are all sorts of dynamics. Some dynamics are supportive, some dynamics are loving. So you have to know what your, what your kind of default program is, because if you'd know that you have a default program that is really set to healthy relationships and healthy dynamics, then you really can trust yourself to say, okay, yeah, I think this is it. <laughs> Versus if you're like, I've only dated people before who take advantage of me. Maybe I should not jump into assuming at the first date that this person is different because you have to understand that you are always going to be on a subconscious level so genius at being attracted to and attracting people who fit whatever that inner dynamic is that you have to have humility about it and you have to be willing to slow down and here's one other thing I want to say about this, really <laughs> trying to make this, this, I'm sorry, guys, I could talk about this all day. I do talk about this so, all day. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is like but, another meet up with me and Jordana. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like this, um, I have this framework that I call raw, raw dating, R-A-W, ready, able, willing. Okay. And this is just very helpful, simple. It's something that you can use to apply to yourself and also to anybody that you're dating. Okay. So if you are looking for a committed relationship, if you're looking for something casual, ignore all of this, go have fun, okay? <laughs> Just be safe. <laughs> um, but if you're looking for a committed long-term relationship, then you're looking for all three of these things to be present in yourself and with anybody else that you're dating, okay? So ready means you have the ability to articulate that you are ready for a relationship. And this is independent of the person who's sitting across from you. Okay. So the fairy tale industrial complex says if you're beautiful enough, if you're sexy enough, if you're hot enough, the unavailable person will magically get ready for you because you're just that dope. Okay. You can certainly live your life that way. I have. <laughs> Didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> Here's what I recommend instead, right? If you prioritize the people who are at a point in their life where they're like, yeah, I am ready for a relationship. That is what I want, right? Not like, oh my God, you're so amazing. Now I want a relationship, okay? That's projection and that is risky, okay? So if somebody says, I don't know, maybe one day, I'm not sure. I don't know if I believe in monogamy. None of the, not a judgment, no judgments. It's all good, but listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> I always say it's information. Don't ignore the information present in front of you. Yes. Don't be uh don't be in something for what the possibility is in the future. 
Yeah. Side side question on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what happens if like you, okay, you start a relationship with someone who says, I don't want to be in a relationship. Right. And you're like, I don't want to be in a relationship. Neither of you want to be in a relationship. Then you start having this relationship. That's not a relationship, but then what happens when and feelings get caught? Well, what's happened to me (laughs) um, is that it becomes a relationship and it's a relationship. Is that risky? Because then like you originally said you didn't want to be in a relationship, but then you reevaluated and decided that you wanted to be in a relationship. Is that That, not? It's so that's, that's a little bit different because if you're on the same, see really what the readiness piece is, is that, uh, that you're on the same page, right? That's what it's really about. So if you're both like, yeah, I'm not really looking for a relationship right now. Fine. You both are ready for the same thing. Right. The issue is when you know that you really want a relationship and someone's like, yeah, I don't know if you're like, okay, and you're just like settling for whatever you can get from that person. So you, I've been there. I've been there so many times. Oh, it's all good. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to make him love me. And, it, you know, it, it's, it's like you, you, you have to recognize like when you're playing a game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, okay, let me finish. So, but also to help to kind of this might further answer your question so that's ready and this again independent of you this is just where the person is in their life able now this is coming this is not just as simple as like what are you looking for let's talk about or whatever this is about does this person actually have the ability within themselves independent of you do they have the ability to be the type of partner that you are seeking and do you have the ability to be the kind of partner who co-creates the type of relationship that you are seeking right so i will go back to the example of people who give 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 right i'm a giver i just give somebody just shows up i give them everything off my back on the one hand that might sound really noble but it actually if you're giving 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 you can't receive that's unbalanced and that is going to be a big big problem in romantic relationships because your needs will not be met because you are not even able to meet your own needs right so it's 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 if you if you're in that giving 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 place then and you want a relationship where you're both giving to each other and you're receiving all this love guess what that's your assignment right now get to a place where you're able to receive love from other people and you don't just overgive all the time right so that's that's the ability piece. Again, this requires self-awareness on your part. This is why I'm a coach, guys, because this is what you know, like it requires self-awareness on your part. And it also it also requires you being able to assess whether some how, like to pay attention to how somebody's showing up when you're dating them, right? Are they consistent? Do they say do they do what they say they're gonna do? Are they respectful? Are they kind? Like, you know. What are your goals? Do you want to have a family? If so, if you want to have a family, what kind of partner do you want to have? Does this person not not about you, just them? Not a judgment. It's just is this where they are? Is this do we share are we on the same page about this, right? And then the last is willing. And the willing piece, now this is about you specifically. Because and this is why you're looking for all three of these things. Cuz somebody can really really like you. They can be really into you. They can be really attracted to you. They can be pursuing the hell out of you and they can be completely not ready for what you're looking for and they can be completely unable to give you what you are seeking. Though and that can be confusing, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I, this totally. is 
You're right. But you, this is why you have to like depersonalize it. It's not about you. This is where they are in their lives. Right. So when we can take a little bit of a step back in romantic relationships from the projection that you've been trained your whole life, then you can just take people for who they are, where they are, not expect them to be perfect, not expect yourself to be perfect. And just just know that it's about the intention and the openness. And like, it, you know, it's like, can I grow with this person? Right. Can we figure this out together? Do we have the baseline level of commitment? Yeah, that's the thing because it's it's not always going to be perfect. Like even when you're on the same page, it's do you have the tools to yeah. deal with it? Yes, when it does go down when you are in an argument when you're not seeing eye to eye. Like that, you both have the tools and you know you'll get through it to the other side. I, I think it's really interesting because there's a lot of people listening who are quote unquote spiritual, personal growth, self aware, and yet still have trouble figuring it out well listen you know, we all do we do all have think? trouble figuring something I mean, exactly like we don't <laughs> all of us don't have there's no real you know yeah one answer as we mentioned but i i guess how are you supposed to deal with that because that can be confusing when you it feel be. like you've done the work yeah yeah so i mean i think you know the, first of all i would just say that you know we're all on a love journey you have been on a love journey your whole life and you will be on a love journey the rest of your life. And that journey has phases. Sometimes those phases are phases of singlehood. Sometimes those are phases of relationship. The relationships themselves are always gonna go through phases and changes and cycles, that's life. So a lot of this is about just developing the inner trust within yourself to know that you can navigate whatever comes up, right? And so for people who are spiritual, who have practices, you have an advantage because you already at least understand that like there's more than what meets the eye going on here, right? Which is what most people think it's just about what meets the eye. So that's really challenging place to be if you wanna change your love life. <laughs> you think it's just about what meets the eye. So if you're on a spiritual path, that's a good thing. Now the challenge of being, and this is just in anything that you're manifesting. And you know, Shira, I'm like all about manifestation and this is what I talk about all the time, um, is that you can get into a little bit of magical thinking where it's like, I can manifest myself out of having to grow. Like I don't have to grow. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just manifest the perfect person, right? I don't have to be more vulnerable. <laughs> I'll just manifest somebody who's gonna, you know, love me and break down my walls and like love, you know, despite my my lack of, of vulnerability. So I think that's just the challenge sometimes I see with people who are, you know, especially people who call themselves like manifesting love, which I by the way, I manifested my relationship, like fully manifested wrote it down, read it every night. I knew two weeks before I met him that I was going to meet him. I woke up one morning, I was like, oh my God, I'm about to meet this guy. And then two weeks later, I met him walking <laughs> down Sunset Boulevard <laughs> on the corner of Sunset and Doheny. And I was like, oh, there you are. So I kind of knew when I knew, but I also, you know, there was a lot of work, a lot of work on this very specific area, right? Um, so I think that's just the thing. It's like just knowing, like, if you, if anybody's listening and you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? 
Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash be here now.